Alright guys, so in celebration of the new year closing in and for the season finale of the Nerd Fix, we're doing a double whammy episode of reviewing chapter 346 of Black Clover and chapter 1070 for One Piece. So this is really going to be a double whammy of an episode, but this is what we're going to be talking about today. Hello guys, this is Jay from Nerdfix, the podcast where we talk about anyone and everything, and anime, manga, video games, and everything I've ever seen. This episode, we're going to be talking about the latest chapters for both Black Clover and for One Piece. For Black Clover, titled The Viking Bus, and for One Piece, titled The Strongest Form of Humanity. So, for those who have read the latest chapters for both One Piece and Black Clover, sit back, relax, and get ready for your friends. So we're starting off with chapter 346 of Black Clover, which is titled The Five Devas. And this start, the chapter begins with the Neo Country watching a battle against a sacred dragon from afar, and many of them are in disbelief that the legend being true. And they're being reminded of the others, and the Shogun, being reminded of Ryuya, instructed all of them to head to Honshu. With this, they respond asking how to write Resident 7 and Raiya can find a way to deal with a monster on such a level of the sacred dragon. But an older gentleman tells them to have faith in them, and Resident 7 and Raiya will find a way to handle the situation, assuring everyone safety. And with this, they, we then cut to a battle, the battle scene itself, where Sister Lily and, and Kenso Kayuka, Genoso Jimori, and sorry if I am bad with butchering names are, are still in combat from the previous chapter. She continues to laugh, laugh maniacally as Sister Lily is trying to, is trying to restrain herself with, with her spatial magic. With this, Sister Lily is unsuccessful with this, with this and trans and with this, Ichika appears and is able to save to save Kensokaku from being attacked. From there, she then reprimands Kensokaku, saying that she was always going too far, not thinking things through. Sister Lily then comments with the ma- with this magical power that Kensokaku has, and then asks if the two would be matched up against one another, prompting the drag- one of the dragon heads to go after Kensokaku, launching an, a, a huge attack onto her. Then, we then pan over to where Sister Lily starts to remind them that nothing, that if nothing is done, the sacred dragon will begin to destroy everything in sight if nothing is to be done right at this moment. From there, three of the seven of the five heads are looming over the town and the Ryuzen. Seven of the seven members excluding Kensotaku with with Ichigo saying it won't happen as along 
as they are about to go after the dragon itself. With this, they have there is a brief flashback for Raya informing them Raizen Seven, a war is said to break out, and then explains the enemy is Lucius's subordinates called the Paladins, and that all three of them have great skill, and and they are are their only matches. He then explains more that Sister Lily can use water and spatial magic, and it's and it's be that's grace Christ to use ice magic. And with this forward, he then guesses the last paladin, Yuru, has has some type of magic to control magical beasts. With this, however, he's unsure how he's unsure about this, but explains to break the seal on the sacred dragon, they'll be They'll hear about this by morning. With this, the Raisins and members say that they should go and take them down. And he t with this, Raya tells them the plan is to save the people first. Rushing into the fight without preparation will cause collateral damage inherently. He also points out the enemy is capable of bringing the dead back to life and resulting in more paladins. He also emphasizes that you need to think about the lives of, of the people, and the plan is to evacuate everyone from, from Goshu, and the and the interest of the enemy and sacred dragon there. Kensokaku and Imari are also are shown to, to be apprehensive about facing facing the dragon. However, Raya rushes this off and says that the strongest enemy they've ever that it's the strongest enemy they've ever faced. He's confident about that they will win. There we pan back over to the present where five all five of the members are rushing towards the sacred dragon. Remembering there's remembering the words that were burrowed into their head from Raya. They're there Nezukaku is swallowed, is swallowed by one head, but uses a senten to escape and uses her snow yojutsu bloodstained silver box spell. Which, from this, I would have to say of how beautiful it is of how she was able to use this to be able to free herself from the attack from the dragon's head. Then, we then see, see, oh, Okoko Dai Daizaimon using Earth Yojutsu Winston King Buddha's priest spell, transforming into a giant menacing stone Buddha, which is awesome. And that itself is a spell that I will have to say is just mind blowing to see how these spells are coming into fruition for each different member of the Rise of Seven. Then comes Anega Hatsu Dozo, who uses Wind Jujutsu, Gale Rakshasa Blade, and slicing one of the heads into a dozen pieces. Then we then comes Komari using Lightning Yojutsu, Vajra Yakshahime Five Fold Dance on another head. 
And each of these attacks we see from each member just shows of what each of them are capable of. And I have to say, all of them are shows of how powerful all of them are. And it is downright amazing. Then it shows Ichika using the previous spell that was used before, which is Dark Yojutsu, Black Crescent Moon, and uses it that is so huge, it cleanly slices uh, the head of the dragon off. And now the sacred dragon is completely headless with Sister Lily in awe over the most powerful over all members of the Eraser 7 of the country being able to slay it. And with this, she tells them that the Ryuya believes in them and they will never give up, which is where the chapter ends. Wow, this itself shows that this is just the beginning of where things are about to go for this battle itself. And I am really, really excited of what is going to happen next in chapter 347. And I am really excited to see what's going to happen. And so far recently, there has been some news of what's been going on with the publication for Black Clover with some chap with the chapters, saying that there's been some uh, health concerns with the author. So there, so there has been some talks about a break that's supposed to be happening soon. So it's been of, of concern, but I do send some warm wishes, hoping that he does have a speedy recovery. But all in all. However long it takes, I cannot wait to see what's going to happen next. We now start with One Piece Chapter 1070, with a cover page from German 66, Ah, An Emotionless Exertion, Volume 27. Promising scientists brought together for the sake of mankind and the world with Matt's rib is formed Where we see a Dr. Vegapunk along with other members of Matt's and from what it appears to be a young woman who is also part of Matt's which appears to be Strucy and I will say that is her from what appears from many years back but from what I can say it can be her and I am curious to see a little bit more history about them and how Mads was a couple years back, but with that said and done, let's continue on with the chapter. The chapter begins with Luffy running into Sentamaru, apologizing to him for distracting him. However, he tells Luffy he foresaw Luffy's attack and was not fast enough to block it. And tells him, Luffy, Luffy tells Sentamaru he needs to get him out of the picture if CP0 is to command and suffer him. And Tails tries to attack him again, but he intercepts, but is intercepted by Luffy and spins around and slams Luchi far away into a wall. And moves the former and calls Gomu no Don Whip. With this, Jinbei calls on to Luffy and tells him to get the real Vegapunk in order to save Atlas. But ends up spinning himself so hard he's unable to stop himself from doing so and ends up in the opposite direction of his crew. Poor Luffy. <laughs> then 
We pan over to where the suffering continue to push back with CP0. Kaku said they're, un they're unstoppable, and tried, even if they destroyed them, they would consider it a loss. Stussy adds the most terrifying aspect is the Sephirim are only children. Up on a lap of face, Frankie mentions as Vegapunk the ability of a shark. If they use the Sui Sui no Mi of the Senior Pink egg, and it means Senior Pink is dead, since there are no can be no two users of the developer. But he tells Frankie, Senior Senior Pink is actually alive and and impelled down. So this actually confirms that he is actually still alive. And it would have think that he was actually dead from after the Dress Rosa arc, but. Actually, he is still alive, and it actually puts a smile onto faces for those who are fans of Senior Pink. And with this, Frankie asks if Vegapunk copied his Devil Fruit, and he s clarifies he's only capable of replicating Zoans, and considers the process of doing so with different, with different Devil Fruits, with different ones from Caesar Clown Smile production. And he also states unlimited resources can replicate even special types of Zoan fruits. And he's unsure if he can get them to awaken. And he tried to replicate Logia fruits and found it to be very complicated. With Paramecius, he found an alternative method of replicating the powers by synthesizing a blood from Paramecia Ute's lineage factor, known as the green blood. Flowing through S Shark, S Bear, and S Snake, and Snake, and using the latter of the Niki Niki no Mi and Mariman no Mi, respectively. And he then states that Sephirim are all his ideas and may go down as the most powerful beings that have ever existed in the world. So these little creatures that are currently walking right now and causing destruction are basically the strongest creatures he's ever created. I am really curious of wondering what was going through his mind when he decided to create the Sephirims. I am just really curious. Then Frankie is was basically in awe as with Nami wondering was the reason the Seven Warlords have been abolished. Realizes this was the reason the seven warlords were abolished to begin with. Usopp, on the other hand, panics the nature of what Vegapunk was created. Sanji and Rock, and on the other hand, added they considered the Sephirim a threat to them. With this, at the far Ebrio phase, Luchi he recovers and charges his Tomaru once again. But Lucy intercepts him once more and tries to bite down on him. In a fashion that I think that looks like something out of a cartoon, which I cannot help but to laugh at. Luigi tries to dodge him, but he fires the rubble at the rubble he chomped down on in a in a style like a gun, and tries to dodge. try to dodge or destroy. And this, Luffy backs up and tries to make rubber and fires back at Luchi at Rocket's feet, known as, known as Goma Goma no Dock on Rocket, and nails him square into the chest. Ouch. That move was 
not only painful but just enough to send him flying as Luffy's through his not only powerful but just enough to make him lose consciousness. <laughs> it's just such a painful insult to Luchi as he wanted to get revenge and to have a rematch with Luffy, he was getting his ass handed to him by Ayako. We then pan over to Chopper and Jinbei, and directed by a snake and a vacuum rocket, and taking them to Lapo Base. And Jinbei thanks her, saying it's nice to see a kind of version of Boa Hancock for a change. To which she claims that she was only following orders, as she was basically blushing and getting flustered over it. And I think that it was actually kind of adorable to see that kind of side of her. Then, back at, at the vacuum, at the vacuum rocket before it starts to pour, he tries to, Chopper tries to call, call to Luffy once again. So tomorrow tells Luffy he trusts Vegapunk with him and the crew. He promises to help him escape. Luffy tries to head for the rocket and changes back, back to normal. The rocket ends up waking up Julia Bonnie. It arrives in about 32 seconds, and with this, and, the, and with that, she be, and becomes horrified, and and begins to barricade themselves with her intruders having been dealt with. So tomorrow, after he passes out, now the CP0 command, CP0 now commands the Sephirim much to the horror of not only myself, but now suggesting with Stussy saying they wait for the marines, with Uchi saying it would take too long as the, now is access to assure Vegapunk or Straw, nor the Straw Hat Pirates can escape since they now have them under their control. So this is now something scary. They now have them under their control, and it's now something a bit scary to think. What are they going to do now, since they are under their control? With the Straw Hats, Nami asks why the world government wants Vegapunk dead, be such and be such a valuable ally, but it states it says that they fear he will turn his intellect against them. It's, has no such intentions to do so. Usopp and Frankie agree to let him on board their ship. And Frankie in particular is basically in awe over the of Vegapunk inspecting the ship as he's basically becoming such a big fanboy over this. Which I can't get over the fact of chuckling over this. However, with that, Luffy, Luffy's group we're able to find a place to get Atlas patched up as Bonnie leaves to confront Vegapunk again. And this, she can't help but to turn her as her prayer back to normal and has no choice left but to kill Vegapunk. And even if others say they simply lash out in anger and there's just something about her where she has this seething anger where she wants to go after Vegapunk for some reason just so she can have her father be turned back to normal. 
and I'm really curious about that. But I'm also still curious about what the special race is for some reason about Kuma. And I hope that answer is going to be answered very, very soon down the line. And very, very down out of the sea, we've head over to where Kizaru is making his way to Egghead with warships. Saying the Straw Hats teamed up with Vegapunk for an easy escape. However, he doesn't attempt that to happen, which is where the chapter ends. Oh boy, things are really starting to heat up. Kizaru is on his way to Egghead and he has warships heading there as we speak. I am really curious to see what's going to happen and my mind is completely blown. And I'm really curious to see what you guys think of what's going to happen in 1071 next for this year coming into next year because this is really going to be exciting and my mind is completely blown at this point because this is really going to be exciting not only for what is going to happen in the next chapter but what's going to happen later on with the secret for Kuma and why Jewelry Bonnie has such a seething hatred towards him to begin with. So what were your thoughts on the latest chapters for both Black Clover and One Piece? Did you not like the chapters? Let me know in the questionnaire that will be posting on Spotify at the end of the episode for those who have read the latest chapters. And we're closing out season three of the Nerf Fix. It's hard to believe that I've come this far and we're about to come into season four coming into 2023 and it's completely insane. There's so much I ready to discuss next year and I am so excited about it and not to mention a new chapter for season four for the Nerfix. And to the end the episode as always thank you so much for listening and to end the episode as always whether or not you believe in the term nerd or not keep moving what makes you you and stay awesome. Thank you so much for stopping by and I will see you next year for a brand new episode of for season four of the Nerd Fix. Peace out.